Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Sports Talk, Bobby Hebert, Mike Dettelier, Christian Garrick. Welcome in now. Locked on Bucks. David Harrison joining us now. David, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's the status of Chris Godwin? Yeah, that's that's going to be the big question all week long. Um, I honestly don't expect him to play. Just looking at the the Buccaneers and their history with handling hamstrings, especially with guys like Mike Evans, it's it's always kind of a slow build up to to bringing a guy back. And given everything he's already gone through and the amazing recovery from the ACL, I just I expect the Bucks to take it slow. So probably looking at more like week three or four, but obviously Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will be the the biggest keys to that. Julio Jones looked pretty good the other night, uh, surprisingly. Do you think that's sustainable for him? Uh, I mean, we'll see. You know, these guys, as they get older, obviously, you know, Tom's in that boat as well. But, you know, the Julio that that we saw Sunday night is the Julio that we saw for the most part in training camp and and, and the the limited, you know, views that you get during the preseason before the regular season starts. He's looked good really throughout, so it's just going to be a matter of maintaining his health and and his body as he gets continues to get older. Now, David, along those lines, uh, I think uh, considering you know he has high expectations uh, as far as the team for him, and uh, I don't know if you can call it the hot seat, but uh, but Devin White, uh, I thought Devin mm-hmm. White had an outstanding game against Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. We do. Uh, you know, after every win, we do a game ball segment. He was one of the guys that got one of my game balls uh, for for that game, and he looked really good, looked really decisive, really confident, made some plays for his team. You know, it's. There's never been a question of really whether or not Devin can be a playmaker or an impact player. We saw him, you know, obviously do it on the, the national stage of the Super Bowl uh, against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs a couple years ago. But it's more so a consistency thing, and Devin kind of knows that as well. It's just every single week coming out and giving uh, the same type of caliber performance against different types of offenses in the way that they're going to try to attack him. Robert, one of the things uh, – well, i got two questions. One, the status of Donovan Smith. Uh, he seemed to be in a lot of pain – uh, with the elbow, and again, uh, sometimes coaches don't get – they lie to you about an injury or they sort of swerve you a different way. Um, and it's talking about a pain tolerance. So a little bit about do you expect that he'll play Sunday. And secondly, uh, the tight end position, because one of the things with Brady, he, he always would look toward Gronk's way. I mean, that that was his security blanket. Uh, has there been anybody – because I know Cameron Brady's a good player – uh, but for Tom, it's almost like I got to really, really trust you. And and so yeah. the tight end spot to me is something uh, you could almost see it in the Dallas game. He was looking and looking and looking and, uh, you know, that Gronk security blanket wasn't there. 
Right. Yeah. No. We. I mean, we expect the tight end position to continue to get you know a more a more prevalent you know uh, presence on this current year's uh, version of the offense. Cam is a guy that's been around the team for a long time. He's he's been there since obviously before Tom was there. So we expect him to get worked in a little bit more. Kyle Rudolph as he continues. Uh, to come along and get more experience with the guys. And, and rookie Kate Otten, I mean, honestly, during training camp and everything, he really had a very strong rapport. He's one of the stars uh, of the week during the, the build-up to the Miami Dolphins preseason game. And uh, even with Tom and, and Blaine, it didn't really matter who the quarterback was. He was a guy that was making plays uh, throughout the practices and, and in the joint practice sessions specifically. So uh, the, the expectation is that Kate uh, will eventually kind of come in and become that tight end number one. I don't know that you'll see a clear cut. You know, you have a Gronk who is, D guy, and then everybody else will be behind him. I think it'll be kind of one of those deals where you go back to the Patriots days, and, and whoever the weapon is that gets hot today, whoever's the guy that's getting open today, is going to be uh, the main focus. And then, as far as Donovan Smith, I mean, I think so just from the, from the years I've been able to watch him, you know, even when he was struggling and guys were kind of down on him as far as is he, you know, going to be a sustainable left tackle in the NFL, back with like Jameis and, and all those days. Uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, he's kind of that cliche of if he can be on the field, he's going to be on the field. Okay. So if it comes down to pain tolerance, he's going to do everything he can in treatment and to keep it fresh during practice, and they're going to do everything and take care of it and let him heal as much as possible. So if Donovan can go, he will go. Now, uh, you know, David, when you look at uh, – were you surprised, first off, uh, how well they ran the ball with Leonard Fournette? Because everyone was talking about, oh, the continuity and offensive line – uh, look, all the new faces, and uh, I thought it was interesting. I want you to comment on Leonard, but also uh, the mentality of Todd Bowles versus Bruce Arians. You know, Bruce Arians, uh, you know, uh, no risk it, no biscuit. Well, Todd Bowles is like, yeah, we want to run the ball, and, and we're going to continue to run the ball. That was an in-game interview I saw with Todd Bowles. I guess that's kind of defensive coaches sometimes think that way. So have you noticed any uh, strategical differences now that Todd Bowles is – there instead of Bruce Arians, and just uh, I think overall, if you're a Bucks fan, you have to be pleased with the O line play uh, what they did against Dallas. Yeah, I think the offensive line stepped up great for every everything they've gone they've gone through, and even I know a lot of people are kind of making a big deal over Tom yelling at Robert Hainsey in the middle of the game and all right. that, and, and Tom kind of clarified that that you know look that's just the passion of the game, and it's all meant out of love, and it's all a brotherhood, and and then they all understand that together, and I promise Robert Hainsey has no hard feelings uh, about that situation and. As far as Leonard is concerned, I mean, the, the thing that goes into the running game, especially with this coaching staff, uh, that you really love about this coaching staff since they arrived is they really don't lie. They really don't put, pull any punches. You know, if they don't want to give away something, they're just going to tell you we're really not going to get all that in-depth with it. But when they say, like, we're going to focus on the running game this year, you go into it and you can take that and you can believe that. And then you look at Leonard Fournette uh, coming into training camp, and uh, he did look a little bit bigger this year to me than he did uh, in previous years. But not in a bad way, not in the way that a lot of people were trying to kind of hype up in between the mini camp and training camp uh, arrivals in, in a stronger way. And I expected Leonard Fournette to be a focal part of this offense. And then you look at Rashad White, the rookie, uh, coming in. I think his role will also continue to grow as they get into things because the days of Tom Brady throwing the ball 40 to 50 times for this Buccaneers offense, I think outside of necessity, you know, obviously if there's a shootout, if, if you know the Saints are up three touchdowns, right. you're going to see Tom Brady throw the ball more. But if the Buccaneers can keep those throws more in the 30, you know, pass attempt uh, range, which they didn't even have to hit against the Dallas Cowboys, that's where they're going to target that. And you're going to see a lot of Lenny and a lot of Sean White and then Giovanni Bernard as he gets healthier. Now, uh, David, I, I was uh, impressed also uh, with the secondary of the Bucs. Uh, 
You know, C.D. Lamb's supposed to be a number one. He, yeah. he looked like a two or three. didn't like number one. And, boy, they were all over uh, uh, Dallas's uh, receiving core. Uh, just comment on that. I thought Antoine uh, Winfield, uh, we all know, uh, boy, come out, came out like gangbusters as a rookie. Yeah. I, I remember when, when he came out. And then you look at Carlton Davis. Seems like they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, absolutely. Antoine, I mean, he's, he's been one of the better young safeties. Uh, since the end of the league, and I think now he's starting to enter that conversation, kind of what you just said. Like, I think he's entering the conversation of being one of the best safeties in the league, not just a young safety uh, in the league, and that's really exciting to see. Carlton Davis, uh, I think he came out and played classic CD3 brand of football. He's physical, he's aggressive, he's confident, he's not going to back down uh, to anybody, no matter what your name or number or logo on your helmet is. Uh, what really impressed me was Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean is a guy, yeah. uh, he, Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Safety Mike Edwards, all entering their contract years, and the question is, how many of them are they, one, going to be able to afford to bring back next year? And then who is that guy going to be? Jamel Dean came out of training camp as kind of the top guy there. I think Mike Edwards is number two. And then Sean Murphy Bunting uh, is kind of trailing off in that competition. But Jamel came out, and he's always had the requisite tools, the speed, the ability, the fluid uh, motion as a defensive back that you want to see. But the confidence sometimes kind of waned a little bit. I think you saw a very confident Jamel Dean against the Dallas Cowboys now. The New Orleans Saints have more weapons, I think better weapons, you know, top to bottom on their roster from a, from a passing game uh, scenario. So we'll see, you know, I think he's, he's going to get beat a little bit just because this is a very talented squad. So he's going to get beat a couple times. He's going to give up some, some passes he doesn't want to give up. want to see if that resilience and that maturity is there along with that confidence. Robert, what about Russell Gage? Uh, you know, you know, LSU guy that kind of got a, a, a late start with the Tigers and he was always a really good special teams guy. And, you know, he really played well as a receiver, as a senior at LSU. And then, you know, he makes his mark with Atlanta, cashes in pretty well. Uh, his progress with uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, he had some good moments in training camp and early on. He had a couple of injuries that kind of uh, held him back a little bit. I was hoping to see more of him against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the return of Chris uh, and then just the pace of the game and their ability to dominate on the ground kind of uh, limited that. But you do see Tom Brady – Kind of targeting Rashad Perryman, actually, a little bit more uh, more willingly. Yeah. And, and they, they have a little bit of a deeper relationship right now than, obviously, than, than Russell Gage does. So, from a comfortability standpoint, it's not totally surprising. But from a, from a ceiling standpoint, I think Russell Gage offers more to those Buccaneers offense. I'm almost kind of wondering if maybe kind of talking about that coach game and the, the strategy of all of it, maybe there are some packages, some things that they have for Russell that, well, you know what, let's, let's keep this thing hidden unless we need it and let's save it for New Orleans because, I mean, we know – New Orleans, you know, that's, that's been the, the big brother, the bully. Even with Tom Brady in town, that's the team that they kind of want to want to be. I think they're going to downplay it in the media uh, this week. But, I mean, make no mistake about it. These guys want to win in New Orleans, you know, the, the baddest way you can. David Harrison locked on Bucks. David, I mean, this is a serious question, but there's some reports that Giselle and, and Tom might be headed towards a divorce. How legitimate are those? I mean, I can't tell you, you know, the, 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 the goings-on inside the Brady household. But from a public standpoint, you know, she's – She's not, you know, pulling any punches as far as, you know, she wants them home. She wants them around the family. She wants them doing these things. But she also admits, you know, this is a man who's he's worked hard for what he's gotten. He deserves uh, the chance, just like I think you know, any human has, to, to pursue, you know, what their passions are. Their, I think the way she put it was pursue his joy uh, and all those things. I think Tom also understands that there's a point in time where, you know, that, 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 that work-life balance, you know, that's something that we talked about during the absence uh, has got to come into play. And, and there's a point where your joy also has to be tied to your family because that's what's going to be there when, when football is gone and the fans stop cheering and the jerseys stop getting sold. Your family's going to be the one that's there when, you know, retirement age and, and all those things. So I think that day is coming. I think Giselle, you know, hopefully 
they're just communicating as, as man and wife. You know, I can't, like I said, I can't speculate. Are they, you know, close to divorce and all that? I think that the season's underway. They've, they've done this song and dance before. There's probably an internal agreement between husband and wife that, that we're not going to know uh, publicly, at least for some time now. If I had to, to put money on it, I would guess this is Tom's last ride through an NFL season, and next year he'll ride off uh, permanently and, and for real this time and do his Fox broadcast gig. But, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of travel and, and preparing in that as well. Yep. So, you know, uh, that communication between them is, is going to be the key. But I think if she wasn't at least willing to try to be a part of the ride and what's coming in the future, she would already be gone. Now, uh, you know, Dave, speaking of divorce, uh, I know the Saints divorced from him, and uh, maybe they gave up a little too soon. So did Bill Belichick, Akeem Hicks. Uh, boy, Akeem Hicks was uh, an unbelievable when he was with the Bears, uh, a real bright spot. Uh, how has he been so far uh, with the whole team contact between him, like in Vita Vey in the middle? And because uh, uh, I've always respected uh, Akeem Hicks, it seems like he got better as a pro compared to what he did, uh, you know, getting to the NFL in college. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, bringing any veteran player into a squad like this one, the question mark kind of always starts off with, you know, how is he going to integrate into what we're doing here? And they have the Patriot way in New England, everybody talks about, but really the Buccaneers kind of try to operate in a, in a similar fashion. Everybody come do your part, be a part of the solution. Don't be the problem. And talking to uh, assistant defensive line coach, Lori Locust one day before practice uh, during camp, I kind of just, just real quick on a, you know, not a full blown interview type style of conversation, but just kind of like, Hey, how are the new guys doing? Including Logan, uh, Logan Hall, their, their first draft pick of the, of the weekend there. And she said they're all buying in. Everybody's buying in the message. Everybody's bringing, contributing what they can uh, and making sure they focus on the play being made from a unit standpoint, not from an individual standpoint. No stat hunting. Uh, and that's what we saw against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Vita Vey is kind of the classic, you know, one of the, one of the most dominant defenders uh, on, on the field for the Buccaneers since he's joined the, the squad. But typically, when you look at the stat box, he's, he's kind of lower down there because the stats don't always pile up. But his, his effect on the defense is there. And I think Akeem Hicks is going to be a really valuable uh, contributor to that style until Logan Hall uh, can get up to speed. And I don't even think Logan necessarily takes that starting job this year. I think this year it's a key. Next year, probably look at Logan Hall taking over the starting job. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about, about Logan, because coming out of college, I had a higher grade on Logan than I did Peyton Turner. The Saints used the first-round pick on him. And, and Logan, uh, the fact that he can play both defensive end and defensive tackle – um, is impressive. But I know one of the things with Todd Bowles, he's always put emphasis on the edge pressure. Uh, always had people that can get off the edge and affect the quarterback. And we saw Barrett. Uh, now, I give the rookie from the Cowboys a little credit. Uh, he more than held his own. He gave up a sack. But uh, I think that's important in this game because uh, you know where is going to be, okay? You know where Vita's yep. going to be all game long. But it's that stuff coming off the edge that I know Todd has put a lot of emphasis on mismatches, trying to gain a mismatch up front. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that they talked about during uh, the build-up to, to training camp and the mini camps and even the draft. Uh, remember the scouting combine when, when Bruce was still actually the head coach, they were still talking about getting a better organic pass rush just from their down linemen. You know, you, you love Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Shulinka. You expect big things from him uh, this season as well in his second year. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to get as much penetration from that from that front three uh, in their base. You know, in fact, sometimes they will drop a fourth down lineman in there and, and all that. You want to get a better sense of penetration from there so that if you need to keep, you know, Devin White, Levante David, or even drop off uh, Shaq or JTS into pass coverage, you have that ability. Uh, I think we saw – 
a couple steps, you know, a couple inches, you know, grown towards that against against Dallas. I think that's something that they'll continue to have to work on. You want Vita Vea to kind of take that next step towards being a really good nose who who, who stuffs the run and eats up a lot of tackles. And you got to uh, have your your opponent has to dedicate a lot of resource to it. But you want to also see him become a guy that uh, kind of like Aaron Donald. Nothing that he's going to become Aaron Donald, but you know. AD, you, you throw two blockers at him, he still might get to your quarterback. And I think that's the next step in the Vita Vea evolution that we want to see happen as the season uh, continues to move forward. You know, David, uh, watching the game against Dallas, uh, you know, you watch all the NFL, and I uh, know they want to get touchdowns instead of uh, field goals, but they were getting points. Mm-hmm. And their defense right. was so stout. But the one thing uh, I think the Saints, if they're going to build upon what they did last year, we had the number one, Saints had the number one red zone defense. And they would force a lot of field goals and not give up touchdowns. And uh, the question I have for you, all the football that you've covered and witnessed, was this one of the most bizarre games and were you shocked? Primetime <laughs> Sunday night football and the final score was 9-0. to zero. Sound like a baseball game. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know all the games I've played or I've witnessed and talked about on the radio. I'm talking about like basically 40 years I have never – or could have predicted, oh, the Saints, and, you know, it's no Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, the interim head coach, it's 9-0 when the game, and Tampa on Sunday Night Football. I mean, were yeah. you shocked as everyone about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, uh, that game, and then you go back, uh, honestly, I mean, the Saints game, well, one of the Saints games the year prior where they just came out and and, and, and the Saints beat the brakes off the Buccaneers. I mean, those are yeah. games that, you know, you, you want to analyze them, you want to evaluate them, but they're so – there's, it's so off character uh, for for what you normally see that it's really hard to try to take any any true lessons from it. You almost kind of want to look at your guys and say, "You look, you know, but we got our butts kicked. Let's just go home. Let's, let's burn the shoes, tape. Let's rest up and, <laughs> and, and, and exactly and turn the page and and come play better football next." But you know, but again, you have two years in a row where you kind of have one of those anomalies happen, those out of character games against the same team. So you kind of have to start wondering now. Okay, well, there is something about this, and is it? An atmosphere is it just just the the air of Big Brother that we just can't get over for some reason? I mean, a lot of these Buccaneers players, you know, they they've been with the franchise for a minute. They they've gone through a lot of these down seasons, and the Saints have been winning these division titles. So there is just there's a little bit of of something about playing against you know that Florida lease. It it does do a little bit of something when you see it time and time again from a losing angle. So we'll we'll have to see if they can kind of exercise those demons. But I think that. When you have a defensive-minded head coach and Todd Bowles uh, that you guys referenced earlier, he's going to he's going to be willing to maintain a little bit more patience. So maybe you don't go for it on a fourth down. Maybe you don't take a big shot on a third and two. You're, he's he's going to be more willing to kind of saw the wood, uh, as people like to say sometimes, and take those three points and just put some pressure on Jameis and the Saints offense to keep scoring and then hope your defense can stand up when the time comes. That tells me a lot of Leonard Fournette. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I fully expect a lot of Leonard. If if he doesn't get at least 21 carries, uh, 21 carries, 23 total touches, uh, you know, 25 touches or more for Leonard Fournette is, is pretty much what I'm expecting in this yeah. game. David Harrison, Locked On Bucks. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thank guys. you, brother. For all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, subscribe to Locked On Bucks on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bobby, Mike, and Christian, this is Sports Talk here on WWL. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 